You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Join me as we connect the dots. So picking up where we left off last time, if if Jesus couldn't stop talking about the kingdom of heaven, I just want to highlight another. I don't know if you've ever been to a missions conference. When is the end of the world from a Christian perspective going to come about? When the message makes it to every tribe, tongue, and nation, let's share this. Well, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 13, that's where this concept comes from. But I just want to read this here. You should probably know where I'm going at this point, but it says this. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. Then the end will come. How many of us are going into our neighborhoods, are going across the globe and just passionately sharing with this world. Jesus Christ has come to take over. He's done everything so that we could be set free from our past and live fully into all the goodness that he has to offer us. That is not a common message in Christianity. In fact, I've never heard somebody share that good news with me. And yet Matthew says, this is what Jesus said, until that message gets shared, We're just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. Why isn't it being shared? (laughs) Because Satan hates that message more than any other message. In Acts chapter 1, and I just find this highly intriguing, it just kind of blows my mind, that Jesus has been dead, buried, and resurrected, right? And maybe he couldn't really talk about the cross. Maybe he couldn't really talk about eternal life in heaven to the extent he wanted to. Because as we see throughout the gospel narratives, these guys are knuckleheads. They're just not getting it. It's not getting through. So let me unpack this now. So he comes back from the dead, spends 40 days, a month and a half with these guys. And so this is going to be the time that he explains propitiation and atonement and all this kind of stuff. And this is what it says in Acts chapter 1. In verse 3, to these he also presented himself alive After his sufferings, by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking to them things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he continues to talk to them. The first question the disciples want to ask is, so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? Jesus has come back from the dead. And the topic he couldn't stop talking about during his earthly life The kingdom of God is the same thing for a month and a half he can't shut up about. The thing that the disciples want to talk about more than anything else, their first question off the tip of their, oh, could we ask you? The kingdom of God. And we are not asking questions about what is the kingdom of God? How is the kingdom of God? It's not even a thought in most of our minds. I, I want to just continue on and just give us two more examples. In Acts chapter 2, Peter goes ahead, he rises up at Pentecost, and all of us have probably heard this. And he says, it shall be in the last days, God says, I'll pour forth my spirit on mankind. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men see visions. Your old men dream dreams. And he continues on. And most of us evangelical Christians, we skip 
verses 17 to 21. And we get down to the heart of what Peter really has to say. And we're like, why the long intro, Peter? Get to the point here. Let's hear about this son that was abandoned and that was given up as a sacrifice for our sins. And that's exactly what Peter talks about eventually. But the first words out of his mouth, and it's because his primary audience is a Jewish audience, is Joel chapter 2. He's quoting verses 28 to 29, which is from the most famous prophecy inside of a Jewish perspective of what the coming day of the Lord was. When God's kingdom was going to be established on this earth, the first words out of Peter's mouth, to summarize those four or five verses, is the kingdom of God is here. It came through the man you crucified. So let me fill the fuller picture to what's going on. And that's exactly what I think we need to bring together when we talk about the gospel. It is about bringing together a fuller picture. When we make the gospel just about salvation or just about eternal life in heaven, I don't think that we're being heretical. I think that we're being minimalist. It's like going to Thanksgiving dinner. What would make Thanksgiving dinner? You got the rolls, you got the mashed potatoes, you have the stuffing. But at the center is the turkey. The the turkey is what everything is built off of and built from. At the center of the gospel is the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God does not exist. It doesn't have the fullness of good news to it. Without the proclamation of this risen Savior, without the proclamation of this fulfilling Messiah, without the proclamation of intimate, eternal relationship with the Father, all those are the trimmings to the main message. Why are those trimmings? Because we all know that we can easily take eternal life in heaven and make it all about you and me. We can take salvation and make it all about you and me. We can take everything in this story and make it all about you and me. The one that is hardest to get past is the kingdom of God. When you have said being under God's control is good news, how do you change that to be all about you? No, it's all about him. And so the kingdom centers the message. It gives discipleship. It gives eternal life. It gives salvation. Something to hold on to and be built from. Something that brings us great, great goodness. More than what most of us have ever enjoyed. Something that we need to explore and dig into even more if we really are going to enjoy the feast of the Lamb and really be able to taste and see that God really is good, really and fully good. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at drjasonlanker.com. That's D-R-Jason-L-A-N-K-E-R. May you go in the grace of God, and may you not just understand the Christian faith, but live it more fully this week.